Good evening and welcome to Slam the Gavel, the show that tells it all regarding family court, other court issues, as well as CPS. I am your host, Marianne Petrie. I have a brand new guest on. Her name is Derry Langone. She is going to explain and tell us her story about how a foster couple utilized the broken system to kidnap her daughter. They inserted themselves into her family's life, pretending to be a friend. How the JCCA foster agency never intended on reunifying her daughter with her, but instead conspired with the ACS, which is CPS, and family court to keep her daughter from her family. Now, how the family court judge wrote a decision, however, it was filled with lies. How the judge was allowed to even allow the daughter to move with the foster couple to Florida is also a big question. Now, during the trial in 2018, the court knowingly had a social worker testified using a different social worker's name, which is obviously perjury. Now, this family court allowed her daughter to go across state lines without a proper ICPC in place. So we have a lot to discuss with Derry, and I welcome you to the show. And I'm very sorry you're going through this. Thank you so much for having me and giving me the opportunity, you know, to speak out. Thank you. You know, and this all began as we were talking earlier when your daughter was about to turn 12. Right. And she had selective mutism. Yes. But yes. you said she was coming out of that because they yeah, grow out she of was, that. Um, I have three children. She's mm-hmm. my youngest. Um, she was um, singer therapist, psychologist, and she was improving. She was improving because she started, um, you know, selective mutism is when they basically only speak to select people. Like, for instance, she would speak to me and her immediate family, but not anybody else. Um, But then she started like whispering or talking to me in front of other people, which is sort of a breakthrough. Mm -hmm. And my daughter would frequently get um, colds and bronchitis, a lot of like upper respiratory things. Of course, I always took it to the doctor. And being a very protective mother, I would keep her home from school. Mm -hmm. So she, I, you know, I'm very, I'm very protective and she did miss a lot of school, but I I just couldn't send her to school sick. Mm -hmm. I always got doctor's notes. I got her homework, but then a Miss Caritas, which is the um, guidance counselor at the time in her school here in Brooklyn, um, instead of really trying to work with us closely, knowing that Rihanna would get sick so frequently, she called child services more than once um, and then in, um, um, well, let me go now to the, to the foster people that have her. Um, it's hard to explain how it is. Okay, Rhiannon, my daughter, the one that was taken, her dad is what some people might say a stepbrother to this woman, but he never considered her a stepsister because they never had contact throughout the years. They never liked each other throughout. She never liked him. Um, She found out that child services were involved and she contacted me, pretending to be friendly with me. She even sent Rihanna a gift. She sent, uh, yeah, trying to, and me, you know, being a very trustworthy person, I really assumed I could trust her. So what happened was 
when there was a threat that they might take my daughter, I was like in a total, just the thought of it, I, oh, I was cringing. And my father had just passed away weeks before that. And uh, we were in mourning. And my sister was just in her own head and everyone, you know, we were really, the family was beside themselves. And the worker, the um, ACS worker, Miss Robin Richards came to the door. Now she didn't like me right from the get-go. I don't know why, but she made me privy to the date and time of the meeting. And uh, Lainey rolled in, the one that has my daughter, said to me, um, oh, you have a meeting coming up? Would you want my husband to go with you? Because I know it seems like you're going alone. And um, we'll watch after her till this is rectified so she don't have to just go with strangers. And I said, oh, the thought of that, I'm so scared. Mm-hmm. And like I said, being trustworthy, it was like projection. I trusted her and I said, oh my God, thank you. I mean, this is a woman with children of her own, with a poodle you know, mm-hmm. and a picket fence mm-hmm. in New Jersey. So I said, oh, thank you, that's great. Well, her husband came with me to that meeting. They said they were taking my daughter. I was like, I don't know, there's no, like, like the sky came in on my head. We went to court. They ordered my daughter to, you know, to, to the, um, the children's center. You know, right away, they, they give them that checkup before they put them in foster. Mm. So I came home. I started getting my daughter in order and not telling her because I didn't want to scare her. So using sort of psychology, I was making light of it. Oh, come on, Rianne, and you're going to go to the, you know, daddy's, um, I, I wouldn't even really call her a stepsister. She has a doggy, and mom, you'll see you next week, your weekends, and you'll be home soon. She says, mommy, about how old do you think it could be six months? And I said, Rianne, and I don't know what month, but it's cool. It's fine. Meanwhile, I'm dying inside, but I didn't want oh. to know that, of course. Mm. Well, they come with the van. Miss Richards, the ACS worker, comes with the van. And my daughter was in the bathroom. And uh, I wasn't downstairs. I was up here, you know, in the house with my daughter. But my sister and two friends were actually outside. And she kept complaining, Miss Richards, from the van. The door was open. Where is she ready? Where is she ready? If she doesn't come off the toilet bowl soon, I'll call the police and they'll pull her off. I couldn't believe. And three Uh. people heard this. And when I heard it afterwards, I, and what I felt like putting her on that fan, honey, I'll see you on the weekend. She was hugging me, kissing me. Mm. Well, that never happened because once this couple got hold of her, this was a plan from the get-go. I was totally unaware that Lainey rolled in, the female, so to speak, that has my daughter. She's deranged. Mm. Now, if I knew that, of course, I would never in a million years have my child near her. And her husband, I found out after the fact from a couple of his relatives, you know, I do my own little investigating. Yeah. So very nice people, actually. And they informed me that when he was married to his first wife, he was caught viewing child pornography. And the wife got so nervous that I guess she just didn't think for the moment and just call authorities. She confronted him. Mm. And she confirmed this with me. And then he destroyed his hard drive. So by the time she reported it, there was no proof of that. Now, me as a mom hearing that, I thought I was about to faint. Mm -hmm. And 
like I said, two relatives confirmed this. And all, and also um, a number of reports, um, she, she had a psychological evaluation with the Hirsch, Hirsch Center, Dorothy Hirsch in New Jersey. And it was just like, in a way, no one wanted me to have that because it shows me what the truth is. Mm-hmm. And I managed to get hold of it anyway, leave it to us. Mm-hmm. And the whole section that my daughter was speaking to the psychologist, they says, how do you, and she still had selective mutism at the time. So they says, well, what do you think about your mother? She went like this, gave a thumbs up and she was nodding her head. How you love your mother? You know, all questions like that. And she's like, do you think you'll go home? She went, she really wanted to come home. But the section of the report that had this couple giving their opinion, so to speak, made me sound like a complete criminal. Because what they are, they projected onto me. And then people would say to me, why do you think they would want her? I said, well, go into a deranged mind, but I don't know completely, but um, definitely, we'll put it like this. Her husband isn't exactly a workaholic, okay? Mm-hmm. And my daughter has been his cash cow, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, whatever amount of money she pulls into that house. And three days after my daughter arrived there, her husband called me and said, Rhiannon wants nothing to do with you or the rest of her family. Now, I knew there's no way that could be possible. But just hearing those words and knowing that, oh, my God, they have my daughter, I felt like dizzy, like I was going to pass out. And when I hung up, yeah, I called my sister and I said, Andrea, and I was like, my voice was shaking and I started to question, Dari, oh my God, what's the matter? She couldn't imagine. Then I told her and she's like, oh God. And then it's like that told, that spoke volumes about who has my daughter. Mm-hmm. And, and, and parental alienation took a very big part until now. I don't know if my daughter has Stockholm syndrome She's definitely brainwashed. She's been intimidated. They are criminals. And what makes it more, it's horrible enough when a mother or a father do this to a child. This is child abuse. But they're strangers. They're not even related to my daughter. My sister put in to take my daughter at the beginning of June 2016, right after this happened. And it just fell at the wayside like she never did. The paper disappeared. And it was like, And finally, the attorney I had at the time, and I went through a number of attorneys because none of them ever did the right thing. Mm -hmm. I said, "Um, Miss Geis, what's going on? My daughter has to get away from them. She says, well, I just got the reason. And it says that your sister lives too close to you. I said, what? I spoke to attorneys after that. Now, my ex happens to be um, a criminal defense attorney. Mm -hmm. And Anyone I spoke to, whether it be consultations or said to me, uh, 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 no, that is not. We don't care if she lived in the building upstairs. Your sister had every right to have your daughter until this is rectified. Well, it's like they were all in it together because whatever ACS has to gain Mm -hmm. is what the foster individuals were gaining money. And whatever psychological reason she wanted my daughter there, because I can't get into the mind her type of mind. And it's it's the foster agency, JCCA foster agency here in Brooklyn. 
they became involved six months into the case. And I thought maybe something will improve. Mm-hmm. No, like ACS is little did I realize that they're the left arm of ACS. They did nothing to help. All they did was hurt. Um, judge one was the first, ju- um, actually the second judge, but Judge Darvel was only there for like the first week or so. So um, Judge Juan wrote an order that I can give gifts to my daughter through the agency. Now, I bought her a gold bracelet. We gave her little cutouts and cute little things and a pink envelope. You know, we're into those things. And I said, did you bring my daughter the envelope to the two workers that were um, working on the case through the foster agency at the time? No, wait, I I think it might be in the desk of one of the other workers. Well, I found that quote. They finally says, well, it seems to be lost. I don't know if it was lost or thrown out. I don't know. Because they don't, in other words, the system, so to speak, does not want the child to connect to their families. And that's how they easily keep the child, make all their money. They are no different. And I must speak the truth. You know, I always speak the truth. They're Nazis. Mm -hmm. They're Nazi entitled. Now, here I promised my daughter I'd see her. That certainly didn't pan out. Mm -hmm. Then, of course, uh, there's an order of protection against me to my daughter and the foster individuals. Now, from what I gather, most people in situations connected to child services have an order of protection against them. It's just Mm -hmm. part of protocol of the sick protocol of what they do um they circulate orders of protection i think they just like change the date and sadly why did i go through so many attorneys because i thought each time that maybe this one will help me mm-hmm. I retained a couple of them too you know it wasn't oh, all yes. appointed i went through oh my god so much money so much money for this and Not to, well, I realized after a while that right from the beginning, they had no intentions of giving my daughter back. Mm -hmm. This is what they do. And uh, just to mention that when my daughter was living in in New Jersey, she had um, the therapist she had at that time wanted her out of that house. She called in a report against them for hurting my daughter. He hit my daughter. Her lip was bloody. They saw it in school. And she still wasn't removed from that house. She put into the court, I would like her, you know, place, in other words, out of that house, in whatever word she used. Mm-hmm. That never happened. Because they, they're certainly not, why would they listen to her? She was doing the right thing. They don't. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So there my daughter is. I don't know what happened after that. I, then I find out, because like I said, leave it to me to find out, that this past May in Florida, services, I forget what they're called, the, the child services in Florida, they were called against them. Someone called. Hmm. Obviously nothing happened. My daughter's still there. Yeah, and, this is and, terrible. She's on five medications. My heart is horrible, horrible as it is that, you know, me not seeing my child in so long. 
What's even worse is my worry for her, not knowing what's happening this minute, what happened yesterday, what's going to happen tomorrow. Mm-hmm. She's with such horrendous individuals. Yes. Now, go ahead. As Nancy. we said earlier, they, she was, they took her at 12. And now Our she's 12. She's 18. 18, right? Yeah. Now they're trying to get guardianship as if my daughter is very off a bit mentally, which she's not. Oh, no. She's on five medications. And when this woman, the one that has her, Miss Ro- Miss Laney rolled in, takes her to the psychiatrist. She lied to the psychiatrist, giving my daughter symptoms, you know, tell, saying that my daughter had symptoms that my daughter never had because she wanted her medicated. Mm-hmm. Because my daughter was acting out. My daughter was getting a bit violent. Who blames her? Mm-hmm. And my daughter's a quiet, sweet, passive type of person. So she just couldn't take it. And she was starting to act out. Of course, they couldn't have that. And then the lies about me. Now I'm um, I'm about to uh, sue Laney Roald- Miss Laney Roldan for defamation because she slandered my name. It's just unimaginable the horrendous things she said about me. She lied and said my daughter was displaying abnormal sexual behaviors. And I know that wasn't true. My daughter never displayed anything like that. As soon as she left, like a week later, she's saying that she's doing all these sexual things. We know it's not true. Mm. They put her through, um, forgot what uh, it's called, one of those sexual tests mm-hmm. to see if she was ever, God forbid, um, sexually mistreated, you know, molested. Mm-hmm. She deliberately did that to make me or Others in my flame need to look like we would do such a horrendous thing to a child. And just knowing she had to go through that test makes me ill. Mm-hmm. And just thinking that maybe she thinks we gave her away. We don't love her the way we always said we, is making me sick. My, I mean, my daughter has to get out of there. She has to be saved, period. Mm-hmm. You have anything to ask me, Marianne? Well, I'll is, stop for a minute. You know, um, have you contacted any attorneys in florida that could help with this have you i don't know if you've inquired <clears throat> well you know mary and the truth is we spent like everything my father left is so much oh. that right now it will be really really hard to retain an attorney mm-hmm. oh i'm sorry yeah and um Go ahead, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. Have you gone down there? I mean, have you, do you know where she, her address is? I know, I know exactly where she is. Oh, okay, that's good. I know good. exactly. And also the court was holding me in contempt because my family sort of sometimes will like sort of reach out or tell them that they, you know, we know what you are, let go of Rhiannon or whatever they say. And they said that it's third party because of you, you're going to go to jail. So the truth is I told them, you're not scaring me. I'll pack send me to jail. I'm on the side of truth. You are the criminals. I literally told them this. You stole my daughter. You injected yourself into my family's existence. I did not inject myself into your life. Mm-hmm. And then they dropped that. It's like they didn't, I guess it, they, they said, eh, there's no use scaring her because she's not getting scared. <laughs> you know? So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yep. So do you know how you don't know anything about her right now? No one's informed you about anything. And 
Not at all. And just to tell you that when JCCA, the full, the whole time they were involved, like I said, six months into this, they became involved and um, they never did anything at all to help us. They never attempted reunification. By the way, I'd like to say I never got any kind of service plan. I did three parenting classes on my own accord. I talked to a therapist weekly. Everything I do has nothing to do. They, like I said, they never gave me a service plan. And I must have emailed JCCA. I counted hmm, about 160 times with no response. How's my daughter? Please tell me. What's the update with her doctors? Like I didn't even exist. They knew right from the start that they did not want to give my daughter back. They do not believe in reunification. They're liars. Mm-hmm. They keep children for the for the monetary gain. And also, um, I forgot his status. He was once a judge. Ju- uh, they called him Judge Rector. His name is Mr. Um, Ronald Rector. He's high up uh, within the JCCA. And he happened to write an op-ed, I believe this was a few years ago, stating how important it is for reunification and how important it is for families to be together and all these lies. Mm-hmm. And I would like to get in touch with that op-ed and say, well, I have something to tell you. He lied to you. I want to tell you the truth. Mm-hmm. Because they don't want to reunify. They're harming families. Mm-hmm. They work with ACS. Right. They're as corrupt as corrupt could be possible. And I was never aware of this, of course, till this came into my life. Um, the, the JCCA, ever, ever, the JCCA, I'm sorry, every six months held meetings. Now, obviously, they just, it's protocol and they, that's how they make their money too. They mm-hmm. walk up while we had the meeting, we had the meeting and accreditation, you know, gives them, a, accreditates them. And um, every time we went to a meeting, uh, my 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 sister will go with me like most all the time. My aunt went with me a number of times. Uh, my daughter Mariah, who's Rhiannon, the one that they stole, her older sister went once, but she she was very hard for her to handle that. So she left and she was shaking. She was crying. I hate to see her like that. And every time we went, my daughter was on um, not Skype. It was on like a just a voice call, and that woman that has her, Miss Laney Roldan, Mrs. Laney Roldan, was sitting right next to her, and everything we we're trying to say to Rhiannon, we heard silence, we heard whispering, and then we heard my daughter say something. She was coaching my daughter. Oh, yes. My daughter sent three notes, not my daughter, I'm sorry, three notes were sent into court that my daughter wrote pertaining to how horrible I was to her. And we know where that's coming from because God only knows I would never be horrible. I love children, Mm -hmm. just like I'm an animal advocate. You know what I mean? And and the horrible things that were said about me. Oh, thank you. Please, I don't want to go back to her. My mother was starving me. Mm -hmm. My mother beat up my father. All these things that like, oh my God, never existed. (laughs) Never happened. So my older daughter said, uh, no, actually, my older daughter had another baby and my a little boy at that time. That was the last meeting I actually attended. After I, I just said, I can't take this anymore. Mm. My sister says, oh, Rhiannon, you have a nephew. What? And all of a sudden, my daughter says, oh, yeah. And my sister says, you want to see him? Oh, yeah, I'd love. 
you hear silence, you hear whispering. Mm-hmm. I don't want to see him. I want no part in. Interesting. Interesting how that played out. Now, JCCA saw what was up. I brought their attention to this numerous times. Please help, like screaming from the rooftops. Help my child. Help my child. It's like they listened to me. They did this. I left. And it's like I was never there. Because I called extra meetings before I really knew totally how crooked they were. They never did anything to help my daughter. I'm so sorry because because they're technically supposed to reunify or do kinship and they just don't do anything, but just destroy families. That's right. That's right. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And then that was the last meeting I went to. Excuse me. They called me um, six months later and I said, nope, you will not see me there anymore. Mm-hmm. We both know what's going on here. Yeah. And I will not I will not be part of the psycho game anymore. Mm-hmm. And what happened was during the next meeting, I didn't go, of course, because I was finished. Um, that was like the 19th of December. Was it 2019? I, I can't 2012. I can't recall like off my, the top of my head. But I did go to court and I brought a note stating why. Because I knew they would bring that up in court. She wasn't at the meeting yesterday. So I just want to sort of be a step ahead of them. And the note said what, what, where it's at. Why I will not go to meetings anymore. Mm-hmm. So at this last so-called trial, I mean, the word is utterly ridiculous. This last, um, with, with witnesses and all lies on JCCA's side. They literally sat there lying under oath. Even though we not know it's not a real court, you still don't do that for you, right. for yourself as a human being. They're not human. You no, don't do not. that. And you went Ma- before judge. Go ahead, go ahead. You you went before Judge Jacqueline Dean. Yes. Mm-hmm. This time, oh, it's a it's a kangaroo court. <laughs> no kidding. Mm. No kidding. And um, I think you you must have heard of Karen Huffer. I've heard that she name. Said yes. about about the um, legal abuse syndrome, she called it. Mm-hmm. And it made such sense because this is what we're suffering from. Now, would you believe I found out that psychologists, at, they're actually, they actually accepted it as a true diagnosis. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Yes. And that's what we have. That's just in the norm when you go through something like this. You walk into the courtroom your mouth is like, it's as if it's wired shut. Mm-hmm. You know, all these horrible things about you, all these lies, you can't say anything. My daughter's attorney, Miss Amy Serlin, who's beyond words. I mean, I, I have to just come out and say that um, she's a sadist. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She knew everything going on. She knew he hit my daughter. She knows my daughter's not in proper place. She would get up and say, Rhiannon's doing great. She said she doesn't want a family. She doesn't want to come home. And that would eat my heart out. I couldn't oh. say anything. Then she started, st- she would stare at me, but stare at me in a very odd way. And using my common sense, I said, She's doing this for a reason. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. Okay. 
Then my sister and I were talking and we almost said it at the same time. She's doing this because she wants to get a rise out of you so she could pin you out as angry, as nasty, as crazy, whatever she wants to. Mm -hmm. And you know what? I never gave her that ammunition Mm -hmm. because I knew she was doing it for a reason. Why would you want to stare at me? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're terrible. In fact, you know what? She's also a a child psychological abuser. Oh, oh. Big time. All of them in that courtroom. The judge, you know, child abusers in black robes. That's right. And, you know, I really believe it's just analyzing everything that those decisions, I would not be at all surprised if Amy Serlin, the gal, they call them, had a big part in writing that decision. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because you see, Judge Wan was initially the judge. And I don't know, it's like, it's almost like a vibe. Something told me that she just really didn't want to do the wrong thing, even though the court is so corrupt. And would you believe that she left? She gave a date of the decision and she wasn't there. Instead, Judge Dean was there. It's like, where's Judge Wan? Well, she was she was called to a different judgeship. She cannot be here. Now, I found that afterwards from attorneys that she didn't have to be there. She could have left her decision in writing. Oh. But she didn't want to go in that deep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I really feel she didn't. But J- Judge Jacqueline Dean certainly was fine with that. So that's why she says, well, we could do the trial over or I could read it over the summer. This was in 2018. And then I have to make the decision. So I don't want to put everyone through the trial again. Like my daughter's pediatrician from Brooklyn. He's an older man. I says, "Um, okay, then I'll settle for that. Not realizing that I didn't do the right thing because I just said, you know what? I'm going to sleep on it and talk to some attorneys. Like I said, not to go through the, but I should have said no. I want Judge Wan's decision because she she can make that decision. Don't say she can't. She don't have to be here to have that decision in writing. Mm-hmm. So she was more than glad to go in there and to bury my family even further. And that's all there is to it. Now, the truth is like um, it, it, that part is over and we want to take it to different venues. I know I have to take it to various courts. Right now I'm going to work on suing Miss Laney Roldan, all the horrible um, defamation toward me. I mean, you can't imagine, the th- but I have it in writing. So it's not hearsay. Right. I have it all in writing. The Hirsch Center, when she spoke to the Hirsch Center, she said that I am in a cult. Oh, my God. I was oh. starving Rhiannon. I never took Rhiannon anywhere. I, I would beat up Rhiannon's father. Um. And then it just terrible things making me sound. And then when she lied and told them my daughter was doing sexual things, that's insinuating that we do horrible sexual things to children. Mm-hmm. We're the last people, you know, just like you would and I would. We're the last people. Oh, God almighty. The, the thought of it makes me sick. But she wanted to make me look like a monster. Then she says, I doctor shop. You know what she was trying to get at. Uh-huh. Really what it boils down to is she was trying to say that pin on me what she really is. Right. Munchausen, I'm not stupid. Uh-huh. 
I mean, I think that's the most sad, horrible thing because the children suffer when a parent has something, a mother of them has something like that. She has Munchausen because if she could lie to a psychiatrist, symptoms my daughter doesn't have, that's Munchausen because she wants her medicated mm-hmm. into submission. Right. Now, as far as you know, she's not in a guardianship yet. No. But, you know, they don't tell me anything. I, I live day to day wondering, minute to minute, what is she doing? What is she doing? How it, meaning like whether she's reading something, I'm just saying, or God forbid, have ropes around her in their basement. What I'm trying to say is I don't yeah. know anything about my daughter. And do you know when they lived in New Jersey, I called the police on like two occasions just to tell them, beg them, please check on my daughter. I'm scared. I'm mm-hmm. not getting information how my daughter is. And they did. They went to the house. They came back about an hour later. They called me. I said, thank you. God bless you. We yes. saw your daughter's face. I just wanted to hear that. Because no one kept me afloat to how my daughter was doing. Nothing. They wanted me out of the picture. Mm-hmm. Oh, how wrong. I... They stole her entire family. from. And I wanted to say, you know, she has a niece who, um, you see, I had Rhiannon at sort of an older age. Uh-huh. And my daughter, Mariah, Rhiannon's older sister, had a baby at 18. So they were really close in age. Mm-hmm. And they loved each other. They were like two peas in a pod. And Selena, my granddaughter, oh, she's so sweet. She would call her Nannan because when she was little, she didn't know how to say Rhiannon. Oh. So she'd say, Auntie Nannan. So it stuck. So now when she says to me, where's my Auntie Nannan? Is she ever coming back? I, I oh, miss her. No. You know what that does to my heart? Oh. And you know what? Like, what do you say to a 10 year, 11-year-old child? You don't know what to say. So I try to sugarcoat it. Mm-hmm. Oh, Selena, you got to have more patience like we all are. And, you know, things like that. Yeah. And she sleeps with her picture. Look what they're doing just to my granddaughter. Right. And they don't care. Of course not. Of course not. Now, they're happy that these this couple that have my daughter are, I don't know what the word would be for them. I don't think there's a word. Because they're helping each other. Mm -hmm. They don't care about them. They're covering for them and they're covering for themselves and they're covering. It goes in a vicious cycle, like a circle. And that's exactly where it's at. And let's face it, a lot, I believe a number of foster people. I have a friend who I have two friends that actually foster moms, great women. They would not have been doing this. So they couldn't keep my daughter because the foster mom would be saying, you want to go back to your mommy? We're going to work on it. You know, like a normal woman would say, instead of saying your mother's horrible, your mother hates you, your mother doesn't want you, like a horrible parent would do. And she's not even, they're not even related to my daughter, which makes it so much more sick. Oh, how terrible. And that's only some of it, what I said so far. And her mother this foster woman, this horrible lady, Roldan's mother, was mm-hmm. part of this. What, how could she go along with that? How many people could be psychotic within one unit? I mean, I would never have a child like that. My children are very heart-filled people. But if, God forbid, I had a bad seed, I would never allow them to do that to somebody, a mm-hmm. family. I would see them in jail first. Mm-hmm. I'd rather be homeless, Marianne didn't break up anybody's family. Oh my God, you have to be soulless. 
They are soulless. I, th- I really soulless. think they're even demonic yes. to go that far. And you know, they moved to a gated community in Florida. Huh. She felt safe like that. So what she doesn't know is you could run, but you can't hide. Mm-hmm. She has my daughter secluded. My daughter's not going to college because she feels, how could she be out there socializing? She might leave. She's 18 uh-huh. already. So my daughter sits in the house with her. I mean, I find all of this out. <clears throat> all for money. All to have that all check. for money and whatever sick, twisted psychological thing is in this woman's mind that she wants my daughter there. Maybe she wants to butter up to my daughter's grandfather. That's, that's the one who married this terrible woman's mother. So she's considered like a stepdaughter to him. So it's like kissing his behind, so to speak, because I guess he gives her money. Huh. Because he has some money. So she's doing everything she can to say, like, you see, I'm raising your granddaughter because she's not playing with a full deck. She's there's so many of them that aren't the way we think. Go ahead, Mary. Yeah, there's so many that aren't playing with a full deck. It's true, like even judges. Should be right. put through psychological tests. But no, that's, that's not necessary. Judge, judges don't, they don't earn their judgeship anymore. They're put there and it's a revolving door. They're a judge and they work for the ACS. Then they go back to work for JCC foster or another foster agency. Now I'm dealing with accreditation because mm-hmm. I want to try to stop the, um, JCCA from being getting accreditation. Mm-hmm. So we're trying to like get that investigated to move on that because this is just even the accredit the people from accreditation not mentioning the name of the person that I've sort of been talking to that my sister was talking to wonderful man he was like almost fell out of his chair they're not even aware of what they're given accreditation to demons yes what a shame so you know what what is you know you it makes you wonder what their plan is they're going to keep her doped up forever yeah. Yeah. Well, that's their plan. But you know, Marion, I'm going to do everything in my, as long as I'm breathing, I don't care whatever it is. I have to get my daughter out of there. I have to get, that's my baby. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you steal my car, okay. If you steal my house, okay. Not my child. I mean, I can't stop until something gives. And they're, they're criminals. Oh, yeah. Rightfully, they should all be in prison. The couple that have my daughter should do life. Because they're kidnappers, they're child abusers. She's psychologically and emotionally abused. And I don't know if she's physically abused. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were called, a case was called in on them twice. What does that say? She went to school with a swollen, bloody lip because he hit her. That horrible male she's living with that was that's a, a, a child porn watcher. Yeah. Yeah, this is what's destroying our nation. <laughs> These this CPS has to be abolished. Family court has to be abolished. Absolutely. Absolutely. I feel so bad for you and and your daughter. It's it's you know, and and we're really um we we want to expose we're exposing them, we're gonna keep on exposing them, and we want to really get it out there. I mean, I actually sent information to our neighbors. Um, oh, good. in this gated area and we're not nearly finished mm-hmm. and uh, we're going back to New Jersey to sort of circulate the flyers and please call me if you want further information and uh-huh. 
just everyone has to hear what she did. This criminal has to be put, justice has to prevail. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She has my poor daughter. She, my daughter actually, she changed my daughter's school when she found out my daughter was getting very friendly with children. After all, she might tell them something. Oh, yeah. She might yeah. tell them something. She got friendly with this boy when she was 16. He was the same age. And um, what happened was she blocked her out completely. She changed her school because she found out that she said to maybe when we get older, we could be together. Who knows? Maybe we could get married. That's all she had to hear. Because my daughter's her hostage. I repeat that. Yes, yes. And you know what we did? We actually managed to get in touch with this boy. My older daughter did. Um, and at least we put his fright to rest. We told him the story. We, t- we told him he's 18 now, just like my daughter, Rhiannon, told him what's going on. And we even spoke to his parents. Oh. And his mother said, oh, my God. You know, he tried to, he tried to commit suicide mm. because no one told him where she is, how she is. And he was so deep. He went into such an intense, deep depression that they had it. They hospitalized him. They took him right out of the school. And his mother wondered what's happening. Then when yeah. we told her, she's, oh, my God, now I know why. I said, well, at least I'm glad I got in touch with you guys. And oh, we're still yeah. in touch with the boy. He's a very nice boy. And I said, I'm so sorry. I want to apologize for everything because you went through your own hell. Mm-hmm. They don't want her getting friendly with people. They don't want to have relationships, you know, even friendly relationships. They don't want her to socialize because she might, should we say, spill the beans. Uh, and they know their ass, excuse me, is yeah. in hot water. Oh, yeah, it is. Yes. And I have to make sure they go to jail. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's not happening this month, but I'm going to go to the ends of the earth to rectify this. Mm. So wrong, so wrong. I just, yeah. it's beyond comprehension. And, uh, oh God. Um, you had a flyer when we, before we oh, yes, jumped on. Absolutely. I'm going to hold this up. This is what my sister had been, and I made. This is the woman. Could you see it? Oh, yes. Yeah. That's my daughter. And this is her mother went along with the whole horrible thing oh now the woman with the glasses who is that again that's laney roldan the one who my daughter's sadly living with oh that's she's in plain english marianne she's not wired right no not at all and it took me maybe a couple weeks to totally find that out or not even when they came and says your daughter wants nothing to do with you we knew that couldn't be possible. Life doesn't work like that. Right. Daughter loves you to bits and a week later, I don't want to do it. Anyone at all in my family doesn't work like that. No. And this test of the Hirsch Center said she wants to come home. A closer look, we sort of did it in reverse, of Barbara Dolinsky. Oh, here, hold it up a little bit higher. Name. Yeah. And this is Lainey Roldan, the one that you just saw. Uh-huh. Now, I don't have pictures of the husbands. There you go. Mm -hmm. She has two daughters, this Lainey Roldan. And believe me, they're going to be going out socializing college. And in her twisted mind, she thinks my daughter's going to sit there with her like you see in a horror movie for the rest of her life. Mm. And as long as I'm alive, I can't see that happen. And you think they're pulling how many thousands a month? 
for keeping her there. I don't know exactly what they get, but whatever they get, it's certainly keeping her husband happy. Because like I said, he's not exactly Mr. Worker. Oh, that's disgusting. It's beyond disgusting. Oh, To say that my daughter, I mean, all the terrible things she says my daughter did stuff. That's not my daughter. Not to no. say that's most children, but my daughter was the most shiny. She was very close to her grandpa, my dad, who died, who passed away like a month before they stole her. Now, as much as she would hug him and say, oh, I love grandpa so much. He was her lifeline. She still had like, for some reason, whatever, you know, was in a child's mind, a little girl wouldn't sit on his lap. Okay. You know, whatever makes her comfortable, not comfortable. They had the nerve to say once my daughter left here, she kept insisting on sitting on her husband's lap. <sighs> and then, oh, and then they said that when she walks in the street with them, she grabs women's breasts, strange ladies passing by. We know that's not true. Oh, man. Marianne, I'm almost embarrassed to tell you something else she said. Mm. Now, just to simply say, my children drank bottles. That's my belief. <clears throat> so my, my daughter wasn't even familiar with breastfeeding, let alone a stranger. She went ahead and had the nerve to say that she went toward Rhiannon and my daughter made a motion toward her trying to breastfeed from her. Now, if that's uh, not mentally, <laughs> if that's not mentally twisted, Mary, uh, could you imagine that? You and know, what made it worse uh, is my 12-year-old daughter. What? Like, wait, I got to like get this in my head for a minute. I mean, that like makes no sense. But when yeah. it's coming from a personality disorder of some That's sort. Right. That's right, Mary. And you hit it right on the head. You know, that okay. woman needs to have that child taken away and given back to you. And she needs a, a psychological evaluation and drug testing. <laughs> Because how do you know she's not getting that medication allegedly for the child and she's not taking it? I don't know. You know, <laughs> you know but, right. I don't know. But what I do know is how much more could you sum it up? She is not wired, right? She's deranged, call her demented. You call her a lot of things. And, oh. and this is who has my, 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 my beautiful Rhiannon. Now, I just want to quickly show something. Okay. This was taken a while back. Here's, um, here's, here's my Rhiannon at one of her birthday parties at oh. home. And here she is with her niece who she treasured, treasured. And, you know, my granddaughter was ill when she was born, and thank God she's fine. Oh, See, hey, he has a nasal tube. Hold it back just a tad. Oh, oh, there you go. Okay. See? Oh. She's in her swing. Rhiannon cherished her. Oh, and she, they were stolen from each other. Here they are again mm -hmm. on my living room floor. Oh, See? And Destroying families. If you don't mind, this is what Rhiannon went to art class every week. And this is what she made for me. Oh, Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Very, very, very loving child. Very close to me. Yeah, I love mommy. Mom. Oh. And they said she doesn't want me. I'm no good. I was hurting her. Oh, my God. Oh, what liars. Well, Marianne, you know how that goes. 
Yes. All these things, just quickly, quickly. Say oh, all these things cute. she made for me. Aww. Mom, you're in my heart. I love you. Rhiannon, oh. that's a card during one of the years. Aww. Yeah. And here we're on a beach. We went to Wildwood, New Jersey for a week. She's oh. on the beach with my little granddaughter there. Oh. And one more to show. Here they are in bed. Oh. They, they couldn't get enough. Loved each other to bits and pieces. And this is what they did to my family. Yeah. And it must be so hard for you to even trust anybody talking about anything. Well, I try not to lose faith in humanity because I know there's great people out there, but it makes you more sensitive to the negative ones. Yes. Like you don't trust right away and you have to feel things out a little more, mm-hmm. you know, and um, uh, Rhiannon's dad happens to have a mental illness. He has schizophrenia. Very oh. passive, sweet person. And he's on very strong medication. And this lane he rolled in was never nice to him. But yet it's been a while now that she tried to reach out and deliberately made it look like she, it, it was like my brother, that uh, Dari is beating up my brother. He's not her brother. She was never even nice to him. Then she was saying that my daughter, Rhiannon, wanted her father. She wants to see him. She wants to see him. She was never really close to him. Mm-hmm. She was closer to me than anybody, much closer to me than her father. Oh. But there was a, I'm telling you, there was an ulterior motive behind why they wanted um, Philip to sort of maybe see him. Maybe they wanted to manipulate him. Maybe they wanted to get him to say something that wasn't so. I don't mm. know, because they know he's very mentally ill, mm. but he's innocent. But this woman is, you wouldn't call it mentally ill. She is totally, I'll say, I'm sorry to repeat it. I'll say it again, deranged. Oh, yeah, deranged. I would agree with that. That's right, Marianne. Oh, what a heartache. And people don't know anything about this until they go through something similar to this. You know, every case is like yeah. almost the same, but a different scenario, you yeah. know, same pattern. And the, the attorneys, the um, 18B attorneys, you know, the ones that are, are appointed to the people, they're flying monkeys for the courts. They're not on our side. Nope. Definitely not. Yeah, you can't. I learned that. Mm-hmm. I went through quite a few attorneys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They never even made me privy to the fact that um, at each section when there were orders, I could have appealed it. I didn't know. Never let me know that. Till someone very nice came into my life who she's being affected by the ACS as well. And she, a very intelligent woman, and she started really intensely going for those appeals. Now, one is being appealed now. It was actually the last main order uh, and the trying, you know, um, take to, to take my rights away. Then he told me, well, the other ones are too old. Um, I told him, well, I was never told. He says, I understand, but we still can't appeal those because not one attorney wanted you know, to tell me that I could have appealed. If, if it's, not your fault. You didn't know anything about this. And this is new information. So I don't know why it can't be appealed. Right. But that's how the appellate division works. Uh, justice delayed is justice denied. Hmm. Absolutely. You know, you would think they would want to tell you about those appeals to get more money out of you. 
I don't know. No. <laughs> I mean, two attorneys, naturally on their side, but they actually told us um, one of the um, meetings we had in their office, this is a game. It's like, um, I looked at my sister and after we left the office, I said, this is a game, oh. a psycho game, but like, this is what you do with people's lives. This is what you do with families. You play a game. Uh, apparently. So I told you to a point of what's up, there's more. <laughs> but um, I could write a book like this thick. That's how much there really is. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm just so worried about my daughter. And then my, my older daughter will call crying, oh, my God, I miss Rianne. And when is she getting out of there? Mm. Any, I mean, if anyone could, could be helpful to us, you know, anybody else, God, I'd be so grateful. For my daughter's sake, if someone out there could say, oh, no, I can't see this 18-year-old this, this wonderful girl. Six years, she, has that, she must have Stockholm Syndrome by now. Oh, yeah. And um, save her life just to save her life. Yeah. It's I, beyond comprehension and um, just the things, how we were treated and the JCCA foster agency treated us with such disdain and disrespect. I once left there crying. They told me to be quiet. <laughs> how should I feel? Oh my gosh. That's my daughter. They are really disgusting. You see how the uh, Marion, how the agencies are just, I mean, like I said, they're the left arm of ACS mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and CPS, <laughs> you know. Right. Child services. Oh, my God. Well, yeah. I know I want to have you back on my podcast. Oh, definitely, Miriam. Please do. Right. Please do. I want to know how you do, because now I guess you're dealing with one appeal, though, right? Dealing with that, and also um, as far as um, it's over in this court, and I'm going to try to take it to other courts. I'm not an attorney. I know a little bit by now, but yeah. um, I'm going to do it whatever I can to try to you know, rectify this horrible travesty. Yep. Yeah. It's so, like they're taking the best yeah. years of her life. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean... My, my daughter, like I said, she was almost 12. I mean, a child, any child, male or female, needs their parents, needs their mother, needs kisses from the mother, needs mm -hmm. hugs from the mother, feels sexy, the mother sympathizes, she empathizes, she cares. And there she is with these kidnappers. Oh. If there's, you know, anyone has any questions or hopefully they can offer help to you. Oh, yes. I would, I would so you... much appreciate that. Should uh -huh. I give my email? Yes. Okay. Um, I have two. Okay. One, one is, yeah. One is I love Tippy, T-I-P-P-Y. That was my cat that passed away. At optimum.net. And my other one is my name in reverse, LangoneDarry at gmail.com. And I'll put that in the podcast. And if they there. would like to talk to me, I will definitely email them my phone number. Definitely. 
Oh, oh I would so much appreciate just if they could help just for my daughter, you know, to help my daughter and her niece. Right. Who's crying for her all the time. It just, oh, what it does to my heart every time she. I can't imagine. my auntie Nan in already. She, oh. oh, how wrong. Hey, um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Is there anything else you'd like to add that you want to throw in at all? You want to know something, Marion? I can't really think right now, but when we do another meeting. No, definitely. You know, whatever you have to say, and there's more I would like to tell. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Oh, most definitely. You are coming back <sighs> I'm a little on. bit like Toy. <laughs> you know? yeah. yeah. Oh, goodness. Well, hey, uh, don't jump off. No. Slam, slam, slam the gavels of podcast. Help the public understand what really goes on in these family courtrooms. I am your host, Marianne Petrie, author of Dismantling Family Court Corruption, Why Taking the Kids Was Not Enough, and Cry Out for Justice, Poems of Truth. Please join us again here with Derry in the future and other exciting guests. I totally thank you for uh, being courageous and telling your story and getting your story thank heard. Thank you. Oh, Marianne, well, thank you. This means so much to me to get it out there yeah. and to talk to you, which is a pleasure. I'll help you in any way. Thank you so yeah. much. And hopefully soon we could set up, you know, another meeting. Definitely. Well, don't jump thank off. You so much. Thank you. And thank you enough. Take care, Marianne. Stay thank safe. You too. Bye-bye.